Hi and welcome to another episode of One and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. Introduce the subject this week, Chris. Yeah, I'm not introducing leadership, the do's and don'ts. <laughs> what was that? Is that close enough? No, that wasn't it. All right, what was it then? <laughs> Come on, Chris. Wasn't it? We're talking about leadership advice. We're talking about, um, you know, what's the best leadership advice that you've got that's basically change your world or the worst that you have ever heard and you need to make sure no one else ever encounters it, basically. What Louise said. Exactly. As well as what's the biggest driver of emotion to human beings or emotional driver, I should say, of human beings. So that in a nutshell, Chris. So you're right. Leadership do's and don'ts, basically. Do's and don'ts of leadership. Yeah. Yeah, I did the condensed hey, first. So you're version. right, TL. He's on fire today, except for he's got no idea why he's here. <laughs> Or what he's doing in life. <laughs> so, it must be the must be the bottle you send them because they got it. I didn't, so I'm sure that it has started bottle. four bottles. Four. I got four bottles. Four bottles. Oh wow. Okay. He might hit one of those potholes that I hit on the way out there the other day. He might be stuck. <laughs> yeah. All the money that's out there, all the money on those acreages, and you can't have a decent road. What is going on? <laughs> Well, they're popping up everywhere. Those potholes, though, I saw. I saw a car disappear one down one in my way the other day. They're bloody huge. Yeah. Yeah, councils can't get out to fix them because they might get their hair wet. Well, I mean, look at the. I mean, I'm sure you guys are having all this rain that we've had up here. You know, bloody hell! Oh. It hasn't been raining up your way yesterday, Lou. It was a fantastic day yesterday. It was bright and sunny. It was bright and sunny for about ten minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been, it's been, today's been really good. Today's been bright, sunny, beautiful, hot. You go outside, people walking around in singlets and shorts. But I tell you what, geez, a lot. It, it's, we've had a lot of rain in the last week or two. Like we were looking at possibly flooding again, like March last year. But I, I think we've missed it. So thank God. But I feel sorry for everybody else. Like my brother and sister up in Sunshine Coast, they've been absolutely smashed and oh, poor people up the central coast i mean i'm so i'm so sorry for the rain oh god <laughs> no but i mean i was talking to Stephen earlier and and the 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 new bridge down there that was never supposed to flood that they built in 2020 if you know it was looking likely of going under again today which would be the second time in two years oh sorry one or yeah almost two years so you just have to wonder huh i feel Is sorry it underwater now the the one in windsor no the bridge in windsor no, well, it was expected. It was, I think it was about 11 metres this morning. They were expecting it to get to 15. And if it reached 15, it would completely cover the bridge. I'm not sure whether it did because I haven't spoken to him again since. But um, that was the that was the sort of expectations of the what could happen today. So hopefully not. But um, it seems to flood down there a lot. It does. Don't talk about the wine. I'll be back in two seconds. Okay, <laughs> let's, start, let's start with your wine then, Luke. <laughs> it's it floods down there a lot because it's so flat Lou. yeah okay it's so flat there's nowhere for the rain water to go i mean where i am i'm, I'm on very hilly area yeah and our rivers are, are, are way way up they're so far back up into the bushland it's crazy so um yeah. 
there's a place not far from my house called the boat shed where you can go down, sit on the river and have breakfast and all that sort of stuff. They've closed their doors because they expected the river to come back into the boat shed. So oh. um, even even on the riverbanks, it, it, the, the water's way up high. So oh. anywhere that like that Penrith area, Windsor, it's also flat out there. As yeah. soon as they get some rain, it just this it doesn't run off quick enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've driven through through there a few times, and it, it, yeah, it sort of appeared to be really low lying, yeah. sort of flats. Yeah, but and they um, get smashed all the time when we get rain like this. They get smashed. Yeah. So you think the government will work out a way to stop it from happening or help it? Yeah. I don't know, but, what about poor yeah. Lismore? Though? My God, you know, yeah. Lismore. Oh yeah, that. You know, like we we obviously copped it so bad last year. Nearly a year. Nineteenth of March was our flood. But looking at Lismore, ours was probably half as bad and it was catastrophic for us. There's quite a, quite a few lives that have been lost as well, unfortunately. And Yeah. I, know. I, was, um, I was on a Zoom today with a guy and he's in Queensland. Oh, he was in uh, Kingscliff, a place called Kingscliff, just yeah, near uh, north of the border, I think it is. And yeah. um, they're surrounded. You can't leave where they are. It's totally surrounded. Lucky it's up, quite mm. up high where he is. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah. You know, mm. and we we forget things and that are small things like power power goes out phone service goes out yeah um, um, the sewer system that's oh. the one of the probably worst so yeah I was talking to my brother he works in Brisbane he's and he happens to be an insurance assessor and whatever else but um he actually he travels to Brisbane for work and then goes back to the Sunshine Coast but he got stuck away from his wife and kids for three days. You know, and the basement filled up, the sewage sewage came up, and it was he yeah. just said like he's seen a lot, and he's like far out, Lou. He said it's just the worst thing I've ever seen. One thing I have seen that's a positive in this all this like rain at the moment. I'm seeing a lot of the uh, like domain.com um, and realestate.com and a few of the other guys. They're all putting out sort of support packages straight away to help people that might be in need and. Um, a lot of people jumped on a lot earlier than they needed to. Well, not earlier, and but they, earlier when they than charge, usually. When they charge two thousand dollars to put a house on the internet, mate, they can afford to. Uh... Yeah, I know, but I'm just using those as an example. But there's a few other companies that have done it as well and jumped down and and, and thrown their support line earlier, yeah. uh, which is good to see. I mean, I think that's it's it's they're not waiting till after the the fact. Mm. Maybe it's because we've had so much rain for so long too. Mm. We get a big going on here as we speak. I think high tides just hit on the coast, so. Um, Chittaway and Killarney Vale and Berkeley Vale were all told to evacuate at 10 o'clock this morning. So um, um, we've got quite a few clients out there and staff. And, um, yeah, so I'm just keeping an eye on the phone because things are about to get very nasty. And it mm. hasn't stopped here. I'm glad I live on top of a mountain because it has been torrential for three days nonstop. Yeah. Biggest yeah. break's yeah. been about five minutes and it has been heavy. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, stay safe, everyone. If you're listening and thoughts, you're in that thoughts area, with everyone. Stay safe. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, we'll start with the way. Lou, you start. Okay. Today. This week? This uh, week? By the way, next week's competition starting next week. Okay. Week, no. <laughs> I, I have a feeling I know what Thomas's wine will be. <laughs> Whatever's That's, in the box. <laughs> it'll probably have turned up by then. Did you send us all the same, Cam? I better check. You better check. No, don't it. worry. No. <laughs> Okay, Something so, special for you, Lou. Oh, okay, I'm sure. Um, so Wolf, Wolf Blast, um, Grey Label, 2013. It's a mix of Cab Sav and Shiraz. So um, I'll hold it, try and hold it still for you guys. So, 
cut in. Good drop. Langhorn yeah, Creek, um, vintage, same vintage since 1967. So I'm sure it's good. It was recommended. So we'll see. It's got a few awards on the front as well. So did it cost more than $13? It cost $54. Oh, wow. Because the only wolf blasts are about 10 bucks. Everything in Port Macquarie is like 50% expen more expensive than you guys. Just remember that part too. So we can get it for $13. Yeah. <laughs> uh, about 28 <laughs> anyway what about you Chris what have you got I've got uh, I've got a one by the name of Jen Pfeiffer it's called Rocket Like a Redhead love it and uh, that's the label I've had this a couple of times this comes from um, the wine company that I get online um, they make a few different wines it's a, a Victorian wine it's a Shiraz a very young Shiraz uh, probably could be selling for the next 10 years <laughs> Not in the garage, but it could possibly be selling. Um, but we'll see how it goes. It probably did cost about 13 bucks, Cam. Hey. Probably did cost about $13. So well, that's $13 more than mine. Um I took a leaf out of Luang's book and didn't pay for it this week. I used a gift that someone gave me. So um Audrey Wilkinson, 2019 Chardonnay. We've had Audrey Wilkinson before. We may have even had a Chardonnay. I don't think we've had the 2019. Um, I will be interested. It scored extremely low on Vivino, but all the reviews were from a couple of years ago. So be, being a 19, it's got a bit of age on it now. So um, it might be okay. But it was a gift from a, a raving fan of mine, a vendor. And uh, I thought, beautiful. I don't have to go shopping this week. Good stuff. Um, I've got a uh, Chateau Barère Cru Bourgeois. It's been put in bottle in. It's been bottled in the Chateau, and so that's probably the best way of uh, knowing that you know that's the best uh, grape for, of the year. And mm -hmm. from Bordeaux in France, uh, the grape is uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, 2015, wow. and they said they said really. The uh, cellaring is up to seven years. So this is now the time to, for drinking. All right. Nice. So let's have a look at this and then we see. Going all let's out, mate. Let's open a bottle. Huh? So, so we're going to have the competition. The com he didn't save it for the competition, which means it's rubbish. Isn't it? <laughs> the competition is going to start next week. You said. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know because now that we received that bottle, maybe we just have his bottle and then we do come. Yeah, right. Yeah. Plus, oh, just gonna, a question. I was going yeah. to suggest maybe we should allow the bar to go up to 100 bucks. We already did that. Uh, no, we've done fifty, man. Hey, What's no, we did a hundred. We did a hundred. We were doing a hundred. Yeah, oh, we, yeah, we did do a hundred because remember I got that. Oh, okay, well then we keep a hundred because I, I I never been okay. to a hundred. Hey, so I just want to ask. No, the last I... the last four or five competitions were hundred dollar bottles. Well, meant to be. Anyway. So Cam, you lost the last one, right? You lost the lost competition. Oh, right? I got, yeah, I made lost, lost. You're, well, and that's what I want to sort of ask is uh, we received our Dan Murphy's delivery and on the inside, we've got a beautiful message. Here. I don't know if you can read that. Can you read that? <laughs> cheaters uh, don't wash bar, but they do get free wine. How do you figure? How do you figure we cheated? Mate, I got disqualified three times. It's a four-round competition shit. and I got disqualified three times. Mate, so... Great. You will keep bringing the same. You brought the same wine two weeks in a row. 
You know, ask a question. Do you, do you, do you, when you were teaching, teaching your kids, were they blaming the ref for all the mistakes? Mate, we haven't talked about the leadership advice yet, but don't worry about what I'm teaching my kids, all right? <laughs> not to hang around. Uh, the first lesson is not to hang around blokes like you. All right? <laughs> Mate, I didn't disqualify you. You disqualified yourself. I even put it from number six on there. Did they have number six there or not? No. No. Oh, that's pissed me off. They said, who's it going to be on the box? What's oh, the, maybe on the box. What's the the this week, huh? Ukraine, Russia. I think uh, there's maybe. no doubt there's no more COVID in the world, but uh, just Ukraine and Russia. Yeah. COVID is cured. Oh, there's a few floods, but COVID is cured. COVID's been washed away. Washed I'm all the masks off. Um, washed all I'm our su- scans away. I'm surprised. I saw um, our mate Palashit on the news the other day talking about the floods. I'm surprised she let them into Queensland. She hasn't let anyone else in there for um, six months. But clearly that's been the cure because COVID's disappeared. Ukraine, I've actually, it's been hard work following the Ukraine stuff because, again, and we've spoken about it many, many times on here, that depending on the agenda of the media outlet that's, releasing the information. I mean, you can read some stuff out of America that is just so over-the-top biased and some of the stuff they're coming up with, but then you see videos and maybe they're telling the truth, maybe they're not. They're using old footage of old wars and saying it's this war and that war. So I don't actually really have a clue what's going on over there. I know it's not good. Yeah. I know Putin might have dug himself a hole. He should have filled it with petrol because they've run out. yeah, I don't know. It's mm. um, but yeah. not good, not good at all. Really- we had a podcast on how media reports about things, didn't we? And the ethics they carry behind themselves mm. about um, how they're you know giving us that up to date news. And when they when you hear about them bringing up footage like that, Cam, and yeah, mate, just really, mm. really confuses the situation. It does I was reading something during the week, and I can't even remember what it was. But the thing that I took away from it. They were talking about journalism and what gets out there. And basically the guy said, if it bleeds, it reads. And so the worse it is, the more the, the more recognition it gets, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's just so terrible. Like I can't follow it, Cam. I know, I know you've said, you just said you found it hard. Um, I can't, I just find it so sad and horrific. Um, the only thing that I did read was, there's 36,000 women, Ukrainian women on the front line to fight this. And I thought, wow, that's pretty amazing. But that's 36,000 probable mothers, you know. Um, funny about that, Thomas. What's that well, there is because they're taking up arms against Russia. But I say one bad thing about you and I'm picking on women. So I don't uh-huh. know. I don't know. Where's that idea from? I, I don't know, mate. That's, yeah. it's, well, look, just, maybe they got thicker skin. No, the problem is, I I agree with you. Like, you don't want to watch it because of how horrific it is, but you sort of owe it to yourself. You have to, because if you just go off the the snippets that you hear, yeah, you're going to be led down the garden path with, yeah, even the it's the smallest word, but I hear half of the half the media saying unprovoked attack and the other half not mentioning it. Yeah, The, the. so what I can tell, the invasion wasn't unprovoked. It might have been unprovoked by Ukraine in general, but NATO surrounding his country is the reason that he's gone and done what he did, apart from being a psychopath, right? So yeah. even the fact that they're saying unprovoked attack is is trying to slant the agenda in, in a certain way, and that's 
That's why sometimes in life you have to try and watch the news and have to be abreast of what's going on in the world because otherwise you're relying on third-party stories and the third-party stories are going to suit the agenda of whoever's telling it as well. So yeah, yeah, who knows what he's thinking, but it's not as it, it's it's definitely can't be as clear cut as I just woke up one day and decided to go and kill all these innocent people. I don't I don't think that's the case. So. Yeah. What are you? You've been you. We had a chat about it the other day, TL, and you've you've been watching it pretty closely. How do you see what's going on? Apart from horrible, apart from horrible, that's the. I think it's. I, I think um, we don't need to really rely on the news because if you rely on the news, you would probably have heard today that apparently the Chinese have asked the Russians not to invade Ukraine until after the Olympics. So uh, if, if you really look, it could be for the uh, um, access, access to all the uh, natural gas, because there's so much natural gas there in Ukraine that Russia wants, yeah. mainly because Russia spent zillions on uh, all of these uh, tunnels to get uh, the uh, gas to Europe, and they want to hold on to Europe. Yes, you can hear about uh, NATO uh, taking, uh, trying to push NATO back to pre-1997. But I, I only look at what really is for the moment. And what really is, is this. Uh, and, and Chris was talking about support and all that stuff earlier. You talk about support, babe. No one in Europe is moving a finger. They're letting mm. Ukraine for the moment being bombed to crap. Mm. In America, some people may be saying, well, have a look. You know, without doing much, uh, Biden managed to get the world to, uh, to go against uh, Russia. But no one's moving so to anything. You listen to the address to the union of the, you know, uh, Joe Biden saying a lot of stuff and everyone's applauding, everyone's doing everything. This country in Ukraine is just having a out of, it's, it's a first generation that's really facing war, really, the, the way it is, uh, the, the scale that it is, no one's moving. So here's the good question that this morning we were having discussion with our twins and, and Veronique was saying, who would really move if something happens to Australia? Who would really move around the world? They talk about support. They talk about, we're gonna give you some money. They talk about, maybe we'll send you some. I mean, how do you get a sent weapon when they have now surrounded yeah. and, and closed all the ports and, and, and all the routes for you to bring weapons to the it's people? All right. It's all right sending weapons, but who's gonna shoot them? If everyone's yeah. dead, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, so what does what does happen is for the moment you have the Chinese watching what's happening. Uh, you 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 have Taiwan probably like uh, making every kind of uh, preparation. But really, do we have to? Uh, uh, what is it? Pick a side because if we have to, you'll see. America says we go. Australia will have to go. And then what? You know. So yeah. I, I I don't know. I think that the, my take out of this for the moment is. Everyone talks about support. Nobody moves a finger. They make people could care less. The four of us, at least we've got some kind of merit to go online and live and, and say certain things, but seriously, nobody cares. No one gives a shit. But yeah. The US has got form too. I mean, it, it the picture that gets painted about World War II, the, the world was going to the shit long before the US got involved. It took Pearl Harbor for them to actually do something. Germany had already invaded most of Europe. The English were already fighting them. Um, I think pretty, Australia was already fighting and the US were almost the last. Now they'll say they turned the war and they won the war for everybody. But um, yeah, you, you talked a couple of weeks ago, 
So you're all about history repeating itself, and it's it's yeah. uh, it's a scary proposition. But and they agree on not taking sides too, which is what I was sort of getting at. Like you can't, you don't know. So all we know is that war is bad. Yes, I don't think there's anyone that disagrees with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but apart from that, you wouldn't have an actual clue what's going on because nothing is what it seems ever. The issue is never the issue, as we try and yeah. tell our people, right? So, exactly. Um, exactly. But it goes with the subject of this week, right, Chris? Do you want to introduce a subject, mate, and uh, let's get in, then? Does he know it yet? He doesn't know it. We did it before. What are you talking about? <laughs> Lou, Lou so, so, so so really, eloquently. So. I couldn't improve on that. This no. week we're doing the worst piece of leadership advice you've ever been given that the should best. never that should shouldn't make its way out into public again. The best piece of leadership advice you've ever been given. And then as an adjunct or, or maybe even a different topic, what's the what's the main emotion that drives Human. us humans to act the way we do and in, invade innocent countries? And, yeah. And I think that the, really the topic fits this week uh, with Perfect. what's happening around, I, I think. Yeah. Uh, it really fits it. So what do we have? Anyone start? Ladies can we first. do? Can we do the worst advice first and then we can finish on okay, a high uh, some positive stuff? Start with or not? you, Start with you. No, just but it, we do the bad, we do the worst advice first, and then we do the good advice. Well, let's start with you, man. Let's All right, I'm just asking what order we're doing it in. All right, let's start with you, man. Don't get upset. I yelled, Thomas. Okay. <laughs> Hope you're all right. Come on, Tom. Now this was it was bloody hard. Did anyone else find it tough? So I can't yeah. remember who. Uh, I did find it tough. Yeah. I can't remember the person. I can't name people. Right, I can't go. This person told me this one day. I remember someone who we may or may not know telling me that you'll definitely have a honeymoon period in your business for six months and uh, and whatever, but that was that was pretty bad leadership advice. I think the worst advice that we give in general as a world is when we tell our kids you can be anything you want to be as long as you put your mind to it. I think that's the worst advice, the most dangerous advice that we ever give out because the truth is you can't be anything you want to be. We all have limitations as humans. And I think by doing that, we set a lot of our uh, kids and our life up for failure because some people can't be rocket scientists. They just can't. They don't have the brains. But then those rocket scientists probably can't come and sell houses, right? Because they can't sell. We, In a very basic level, you'd think selling would be the easiest thing in the world. I met a lot of people who couldn't sell their way, couldn't sell a, a life jacket to a drowning person, right? So um, I think it starts when we're very, very young. And I think the most dangerous thing we can teach our kids is you can be absolutely anything you put your mind to. Mm -hmm. Thoughts, feelings? Yes. Go on, Lou, ladies first. No, 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 you go. You go. You're spot on, I think, mate. It's it's, it's very um, poignant because, like you said, I heard someone say once, Shaquille O'Neal will never be a jockey. Yeah. So you're, you're spot on, mate, but we've all got to work to our own attributes, right? So if we're going to talk about worst piece of our leadership advice, mate, it's, it's, it's good. Mm. I think, well, I think it starts there because it breeds into the everyone's a winner mentality and just giving it a go is enough. Uh, at least you tried. I think that's a horrible piece of advice. It, it feeds into participation awards and rewarding people for coming last and, and, and all this sort of stuff. I think it all starts with you can be anything you want little freddie you can be anything you want to be it's not yeah. it's not a good way to start because then you've got to undo that later on in life when the when the real world hits right and you realize 
when Shaquille, the day that Shaquille woke up and realized he'll never be a jockey was probably the worst day of his life. <laughs> you know, I picked something along the same lines. It was just the, the just the positive mindset will get you where you need to be. You know, just have a positive mindset. But you know, having a positive mindset with our actions, just walking around in a daydream. So it's going to help, but it's not going to be all you need. So that's the probably the worst leadership advice that I've received is mm. have a positive mindset because without the rest of it, it by itself is not going to work. Mm, mm. Okay. I um my thoughts are which is maybe a little bit in contradiction to what we sort of practice, I suppose, but it's something that I've only realized recently. And we all say that we've got to lead from the front. Now, depends on how you look at that when you hear that. Um, lead from the front, some people will say that you've got to put the dollars on and you've got to show the way, be the way, and go the way, which I agree with that part, but what I think is more important is you actually should lead from behind and you should build the people up that you're that you're leading and allow them to lead themselves and basically when you lead from behind what i take on that is you step in when the going gets tough and that's when you show leadership you show leadership in times of adversity and 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 hard times and when we hit pandemics and when we hit um natural disasters or we hit a bad month or whatever you, yes, you've got to lead from the front to some extent, but you that's when you've got to get in and do the work. You know, leading from the front to me is something that is more about dollars and figures. And I don't I don't think it's anything to do with that. I think it's about building people up and letting them find their own way and with your guidance, but then leading from behind when shit hits the fan, that's when you lead, you know. And so that was my take. So the most dangerous piece of advice you've ever heard is lead from the front and leaders go first and yeah, show the way. That's dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm saying why it's... Why is it dangerous? No, what? it's not dangerous. I'm saying, I'm a question mark, that's dangerous. How can that be dangerous? Because I think if you take the wrong idea about that leading from the front, like, you know, a lot of the times, let's talk about my... I'll talk about my personal experience when I was always told, lead from the front, lead from the front, I always thought to me that was all about dollars. You know, Is that a you thing? That's not the advice thing. That's how you interpreted the advice. Yeah, I know, but it's the advice that I've been given over years and years and years. And I'm, I'm not talking from one person. I'm talking from several people. You've got to go the way and show the way, which I don't technically disagree with, Cam, but what I'm saying is if, you, if, somebody takes, if somebody's given that advice and they take it the wrong way and they say, okay, I've got to make sure that I make the most money and make the most sales. And I've got to celebrate putting a sale together yet. I've got a salesperson in here that's struggling and, and who has no confidence and lack of ability because I haven't bothered to train them. You know, you've got to look at it from that angle. And I think what I'm saying is you've got to leading from behind is when, when times get tough, that's when you step up as a leader, you don't step up when you're winning Lead from the front. I think Lou, I think, I think leading from behind is, we probably need another better word or another way to look at it because yeah. if you take lead from the front out of real estate or out of any goal orientated sort of industry whether it's car selling or whatever it may be and go into something like i don't know manufacturing yeah leading from the front is everything that you were talking about was showing up early caring for your staff yeah. um so forth and so forth and so forth so i think leading from the front analogy when it's put down to, yes, you've got the ones got to make the dollars and so forth. All good leaders, they're going to make the dollars. They've failed as a leader because 
they've not created a team for themselves. Yeah. So um, they're not a good leader to start with if they've got to make the dollars. But if they've created a good team and inspiring that team, they're leading that team, showing up early, showing the way, the ethics, showing exactly. the care to the customers, showing the open-mindedness. Now they're leading from the front. Exactly, exactly. But you look, how many leaders are the biggest producers in their office? A lot of them. Exactly. But their people are struggling. And I think that's the difference where I look at it from a point of view of it's not a if you want to be a leader, it's not about it's not about putting the most amount of dollars on the board. It's not about having the most amount of wins. It's about going, you know what? When times get tough, I'm there for you. I, I'm going to help you. I understand you. I understand what drives you. I understand what you need. I understand what you're trying to achieve. You know, I think, and a lot of people, a lot of leaders go, well, I'm making all the money and the money's coming in and I've got all these people under me, which is fine, but you can't call yourself a leader just because you got the highest dollar on the board at the same time. What I, what I found interesting though, is I looked into, so usually yeah, when we do this, I, I, you know, I Google the word or Google what we're looking at. This time I actually Googled the actual word leader. Yep. And it's, a, it's an old Anglo-Saxon word that, it, that says um, to go before as a guide. Mm-hmm. So when that term to lead from the front, as you said, actually comes in from the word was to go before as a guide. The other one is to, to travel lightly. Yep. What I'm getting at is to be a leader, you need to be able to help to show those people the way. So Absolutely. you need to be at the front to help them show the way. Oh, I don't, I, the, I don't agree that you have to be at the front. I think you have to show that. I think the analogy of being at the front in dollar figures is the, I think it's the wrong way we were looking no, at. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And perhaps I did give it in the wrong context. But what I'm saying is you still have to be capable and, and and lead in those times and show that you can put the dollars on the board and whatever else. But it's not about that. As you no. said, what, did, what, what, what was the um, explanation that you just gave with when you Googled leader? To go before as a guide. Exactly. To go before it as a guide. So it's lead not... Lead from the front. It's not, exactly. no, it's not just talking about... It's not just talking about to go not before as a guide. No, it's not. It's not. But it's also when we get to the emotion side of things and, and maybe you'll understand a bit more what I'm trying to say then, it's about showing that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to show signs of you know struggle. It's okay to be vulnerable. All of those kinds of things because a lot of people... You know, a leader will perhaps say, uh, it'll be right, you'll get over it, don't worry about it. Don't, you know, if someone comes to them and says, I'm having a situation here and this is how I, I'm feeling this, some leaders will go, oh, she'll be right, mate, don't worry about it. Today's another day. Right, the definition, that's-, that's not leading from the front. So the point is, what's the bad piece of advice? Leading from the front is fucking brilliant piece of advice for people well, who are expecting people to do it. You're maybe lead by example, maybe is another word we could use. Depends um, who ask. Like we can lead by way. We can lead by example by leading from the front, absolutely. But we can lead by example in other ways than just always being the one with the most amount of dollars on the board. No one brought up dollars. It's a bad piece of advice. Yeah. Yeah, but I think we all agree, Lou, that I think we all agree that the dollars, while they're important in a business, and I know that all too well at the moment. But yeah. you need to, you need to. I think we need to separate that from our staff to be able yeah. to do what you said about when they come to you with issues. Um, I know we'll, we'll talk about the great advice later, but you know, there's advice that I've received recently from people, which has been fantastic. Look at, look at leaders though, like if we look back to COVID, we all, we all survived through COVID, thank God. But there were some businesses 
who who didn't survive through COVID. Am I right? You know, and so I guess the thing is, some people went, um, okay, well, I'll just do all the work and 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 hopefully they do too. Or there was other leaders who who stepped up in times of struggle and, and hard times and went, well, here's the thing. It's easy for me to sit here and go, shit, this is bad. This is crazy. It's time to fold up. Or this is the time to get busy and, and go those leaders, Those leaders that su succeeded through COVID, I think they did two very, uh, sorry, three very important things during that time. Number one, they made decisions quickly. Number two, they were very creative in their, decision, their, their decisions. Yep. Um, and, and, and number three, they were flexible within their business structure. And I think those three things for a lot of leaders helped them to move through that COVID period. Because uh, yeah. without those three, they wouldn't have been able to, um, you know, twist and turn with the punches, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah what's you know, your that. worst piece of advice, TL? Oh, no, I, I, I don't think... <laughs> I was laughing because we haven't discussed yours at all, and then we, we went on to the second one. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just want to remind our, our audience: the first one was from Cam. You can you can't say to a kid or you know or anyone you can do you can do anything or you can be anything in life, you know. Uh, which I agree. It's but I don't know that it is the worst one. I, I think uh, lead from the front. I'm a bit confused because. I don't think a lead from the front is anything on the other side of a good piece of advice. Mm -hmm. The thing is that I think that when you lead from the front, that doesn't mean that you pick up the gun and, and you go and do something. Lead from the front is that you are seen as being active, that you do something. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm not so sure I really agree with uh, the lead from the front. Yeah. My, my worst one is uh, <laughs> leaders eat first. I, I think that that's one of the worst bit of advice I've ever heard. Yeah. I think that leaders should never eat first. Mm -hmm. when, when I see businesses where leaders like uh, <laughs> filling up the coffins where, with their own coffins when the staff hasn't got enough or when the, uh, <clears throat> or they say, well, unless I do well, then you can't do well. I, I think that to me is the worst piece of advice in leadership. Yeah. I, I believe that um, leaders don't necessarily have to eat last. But leaders must make sure that the rest of the teams doing what they need to be doing and is doing well before they worry about themselves. Mm. Uh, so I think the worst piece of advice I ever heard was leaders eat first. Mm, mm, yeah. Who said that? Do you know anyone in particular, or is it just a just? No, no, I'm asking no, you. No. Yeah, I think that uh, the last one that you had was uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, you had uh, Lenin. You had. Um, a, a Stalin, you have. Uh, I don't think that uh, I don't think that Hitler was. Hitler was about something else. But there's been many leaders where it is leaders eat first. All the Roman emperors. So you, you can go back and you see it all the time. This, this is where things go wrong. This is where leaders sit there and go. Do you know what? I'm now. I now I've got an organization where I can use the staff to do certain things, and I'm going to just make sure I come first. And I think it's wrong. Mm. You know, you, this, this is where I, I, I never expected that. But when you watch Zelensky, Zelensky, the uh, president of Ukraine, I don't think that he does leaders it, it first. However, I do believe, Jesus, is, it, is there a leader who's leading from the front? Big time. This guy doesn't leave the country. He's still somewhere in Kiev. Mm. He's had now apparently, so I'm only talking about apparently stuff. He's had 
two bunch of, of thugs trying to assassinate him and, and, and they've been uh, removed. The guy says, he goes on to the UN and say, hey, listen, I'm not a, a legend or I'm not an icon, Ukraine is. And he's saying in, in the, his green t-shirt, what, what a way of showing leadership to me for, uh, in terms of leading from the front. I'm here. What are you guys doing? Because you, you all applaud, but what are you guys doing? Because I'm here. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you have now Ukrainian saying, we, we, we hopping on the next train. We, we coming home. And, and that is, to me, great leadership. Do you think that the guy goes, leaders eat first? I don't believe he does. And this, this is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. What about you, Chris? Sorry? Did you have yours? Yeah, he said. Yeah, yeah. Positive thinking is not enough. When people just say, when people just say to you, can't wish positive, it in the lot. You can't wish it yeah, into being. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Sit in the lotus position and uh, think I'm going to be a millionaire. I, I don't know, guys, whether the, the, those are seriously. I, I'm, I'm looking at some stuff and I'm going, I don't know where those two are really the words I could have. I mean, yeah, sure, positive thinking is not enough, but gee, positive thinking is way, way better than negative thinking. Mm. No, true, but if I'm that, talking about leaders. If that's your worst piece of advice, we've got a problem. Mm. But if a leader's going to be telling you that, that's enough. I mean, I think that's... Yeah. I just don't oh. think that's enough. No, listen, I'm not putting you guys down, right? I'm just saying, or I'm questioning, We is that the worst piece of advice? Yeah, there's probably there's probably a lot worse. It's so much. There's so much. And I think that's the, that's the thing, like Cam said at the beginning, like you found it hard to find the answers or whatever because there's so much advice and a lot of it's good. Majority of what I could recall or looked back on was actually good advice. There wasn't anything bad in it. So, you know, I, I tried to think outside the square a little bit and go, okay, well, here's the actual, my... The actual <laughs> worst piece of advice I ever got in physical terms was my birds and the bees talk from my dad. <laughs> Women are assholes. Stay away from them. Seven words. The entire talk done. I think Mum had put it on him. It was about time he had a chat with Cam, and that was <laughs> literally it. So if we're talking about worst executed, worst presented, and worst piece of advice you've ever been given, that was probably mine. But yeah, um, as far as in a leadership sense, yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree with Chris. A you positive. Oh, obviously, they're, they're valid points. Mm. If we're talking about the worst or the most dangerous, all right. Um, most dangerous style of leader? Well, that's a different question. Then we can talk about, you know, attributes that make a bad leader. But the one person, piece of advice, which I think I was received, which I don't think, just that one piece, if you take that in context, just that one piece of advice, I think it's, it's not good enough. There goes so many things around that to make that successful piece of advice. Mm, mm, mm. Well, I think... I mean, you think of so many times, like I'm just thinking to recruiting now, actually. And when we recruit a new person, for example, how many times do you have somebody say to you, oh, in my last job, when I tried to get into real estate for the first time, they said, here's a phone, here's a computer, now start selling. And they went, what do I do? Like, where do I start? And when I was doing a little bit of research, one of the things that they, what this fellow said was, when he started a new, when he started a new person, he introduced himself and he said, "Now there's your office, your computer, and your desk, and I'd better not ever see you in it." 
you know, because if you're in the office, you're not out there face to face with people um, and doing what you should be doing, which is out there making, creating relationships and connections with people. If I find you in the office, you're not doing your job. And I thought it's so true because so many people I've experienced personally have come along and said, uh, you know, well, last time I was given a phone and a computer and said, now start doing real estate. That is not even the, the start of real estate. It's nothing to do with real estate. You know what I mean? So that it, I found it really hard to try and nut it out to one bad bit of advice. But, you know, if you look at that alone, you know, that's probably thinking back a lot of bad advice over the years probably has been, okay, well, I've given you a job. There's a phone. Now make it happen with no guidance, no training, whatever. So not leading from the front, just to be clear. Okay, I didn't say that at all. No, that's what I'm saying. So what they weren't doing was leading from the front. No, what they weren't doing was stepping up and... Leading you know, from the front. No. Sorry, uh, the line just went bad. I started talking like a robot. Anyone else having that problem with Telstra at the moment? <laughs> all right, what's the best piece of advice? All right. Well, where are we starting? Who are we starting with? TL sat and listened to everyone last time and then formulated a response so he can go first this time. No, no. I think my best piece of uh, advice is to uh, walk the talk. Oh. And and I, lead I think, from the front. No, no, no. See this you you're not listening and and I get <laughs> it. You you're now totally obstinate about one point and you try to find an angle but I think you're going the wrong direction. Lead from the front is not necessarily doing the same thing as them. Walk the talk is to do exactly the same thing as you tell them. So it's a very different issue. Yeah. Walk the talk is when you say to the staff, we never lie. Walk the talk leaders, they never lie. Mm. You know, in like in my own office, I say to them, you ever catch me lying or even twitch a bit of a lie or, or the, a bit of a truth, I will be fired. I will find myself. And, and if you if then if you do that and you walk the talk. Now, a repercussion of walk the talk was something that I received from my first leader when I was uh, 25. He said, whenever you want to, before you listen to any piece of advice, don't just listen to people's advice because everyone's full of advice. Look at what they have or what they do. Then if you're happy with what they have or what they do, follow the piece of advice. So, so <clears throat> Because I, I sort of said to him, you know, well, you know, how do I know who I listen who I listen to? And he said, if a guy comes to you and say, sit down, I'm going to show you how to make money, ask him to show his bank account. If his bank account is bigger than yours, then follow him. If not, don't. So it was his way of saying walk the talk. And so it reminds me when when I heard I had uh, Charlotte, my my firstborn. I I was petrified about doing the wrong thing about the kids. And I knew I had a lot of limitation about myself and I was still working on myself. And therefore I was very uh, scared of doing the wrong thing. And he sort of said to me, just go and look for someone who's got great kids. Once you see those great kids in, in the entire package, ask them, what is it that you do? Then follow them. And I did that. I went to a guy who actually had a great daughter. And I asked him, he gave me a piece of advice and that's all I, I follow. So that is a side effect of walk the talk. Don't listen to guys who say, be positive. And then when you turn around, they're negative every time that, that something hits them. 
that's an imposter. Mm-hmm. And to me, that has been the best piece of advice ever. That's why I haven't taken a single piece of fitness advice that I've given you ever, mate, even though I'm the most highly qualified you've ever Now, heard. Now you know a little bit about my tricks. When it's yeah, I know. Well, he's completely ignored everything I've ever told him about his health. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thanks, mate. Good on you. What about you then, um, Cam? What's your best uh, leadership? Uh, well, it's the, I'd, I wish I knew where it came from, but I know it came out of a book. Someone probably told me previous, but it came out of a book called The Success Principles, and it talks about before you can do anything in life, you have to have complete 100% ownership of everything in your life, good, bad, or otherwise. And that, the moment that it actually clicked for me, I think I can actually remember the street I was driving down when it did, uh, um, completely changed my world. And if more people did that, um, it would change theirs. There is absolutely nothing that you have in life that isn't of your own doing. Now, people might say, oh, well, cancer, though I didn't cause cancer. Yeah, but you caused, you had choice over the reaction to getting cancer, right? So the formula that Jack Canfield uses in the success principles is E plus R equals O, which is event plus response equals the outcome. No matter what has happened to you in life, you have complete control over your response to it. Mm. Thus, you are to blame, good, bad, or otherwise, for the outcome. And that, you know, I, I'm a, I've been an angry man. I have been angry for most of my life, and I've blamed a lot of other people for a lot of sh- shit that was mm-hmm. always never my fault. And the the minute I woke up, I was driving down Enterprise Drive in Berkeleyvale, and I went, "Hang on, I get to choose." how I respond to this and what's happened in the past has happened in the past and I can blame the person or I can stop blaming them and change my actions. And um, we see too many people still in their thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, still blaming other people for the shit life they've had. You see too many leaders blaming poor results on staff instead of looking themselves in the mirror. We see too many husbands blaming wives and wives blaming husbands and um every single aspect of life we're always a lot of people's looking for other people to blame except you can't always control what happens to you but you sure as shit can control what you do about it mm. and i don't think anything starts in life as far as real change goes until you accept that i don't think there's no point going to the gym and doing sit-ups until you realize that because you put 300 hamburgers in your gob, that's the reason you're fat. You know, there's no point. Mm. Nothing yeah. changes until you take ownership. Everything else is just a band-aid, right? Now, the yeah. beauty of it is, and I, we spoke about it last week, I mean, um, the beauty of it is, well, the, 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 the bit of sweetness of it is when things go bad, it's your fault. Mm. When things go good, that's your fault too. Mm, mm. Right, there's nothing worse than someone who only celebrate their wins and blame their losses on everybody else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and for me in my life, and I think the best piece of advice I could ever give anybody is it's all on you, brother. Mm, mm. Um, and a lot of people steer away from it because that hurts. It hurts. It hurts when you fuck up and you, and you have to own up, you know, it's you, right? Yeah. And you see it all the time. It's anger and ego and all that stuff comes out because deep down your body's telling you, no, that's on you. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I really like that, Cam. I, I read something um, just recently and it was only um, a one line thing, but it said an angry person lives in an angry body. <clears throat> and I thought to myself, well, how true is that? Because a happy person lives in a happy body and a sad person lives in a sad body. And, you know, you see people that do carry anger and everything they do is out of anger and they act angry and yet positive people do the opposite and sad people do the opposite. And I thought, wow, it's so interesting. It's, you know, how we feel determines our actions and our actions determine our outcome. And it's pretty much exactly what you're saying now, really. Um, you, 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 that line was supposed to come next. That was about the emotions. You, you're a bit ahead of us here. What is your best piece of advice then? Okay. Um, so my best piece of advice is I think that the success of anybody's leadership basically boils down to the quality of their relationships that they've been able to build. Um, I think so many people say that, and we use it in our training as well, people don't care how much you know and do they know how much you care. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, and I think I just stole Chris's line because he's just given me the wave of how dare you. I'm sorry, Chris O. But, um, you know, for me, that's what it boils down to. And I've had often, oftentimes people have said to me, why, how do you do what you do? And why does my team have a revolving door of people? And I said, I don't know, but all I do is make sure that I know my people and I know that I celebrate with them. I know everything about them. I know more about them than they know about themselves at some times. Um, I show interest, I, I pay attention. A little bit like when we had that Empower seminar um, last year or whenever it was with Wayne Bennett and um, he spoke about, it was actually um, that that uh, fellow that plays for the Rabbitohs, um, Nick, Nicholas, what is, what's it, Mark Nichols, Mark Nichols. And um, he said, you know, he was talking about that conversation he had with Wayne Bennett about his about his shopping experience and then six months later he brought it up and he was thinking what the hell had what are you talking about but it was just purely that he remembered and I've always tried to make sure that my people know that they are the most important people and what they do and why they're here matters and I think anybody who wants to be successful in leadership it's not about titles or positions it's about relationships and and showing people that you really do care and that you are there for the right thing and you really want to see you want to bring out the best in them that they can't even see in themselves, but you can see in them. That's why you hired them. I like it. I like it. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Um, there's so many good things that so many good pieces of advice I've, I've heard. Um, one similar to Cam's, one similar to Lou's, but the one I like was um, treat your people like volunteers and help them get what they want and you'll get what you want. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, it's and it comes down to what you were saying before, and that's what I was trying to say, Lou, that you're sort of, you're on the same wavelength, is that it's those relationships that you build, not just with your people, but with your customers. Yeah. And we talk about building world-class service. Um, how about we build world-class friends that are customers or customers that become friends? Yeah. Um, helping all those people, you will get your want. And I think if you have that sort of mentality as a leader and you're, a, you know, you have that service attitude, you can't help but succeed. Uh, people are going to be drawn to you. Um, yep. Yeah, I, that's that's the one that I, I really stood out for me when I was thinking about this was um, help doesn't others. Sound like a, I don't think doesn't sound like a very smart man came up with that, mate. <laughs> that was from uh, Zig Ziglar, right? That was, no, that was no, a whole think... thing. Wasn't that 
T.L. used that in one of his – that's why I said it, because T.L. used it in a few used it in a few conferences, right? So, But we were actually talking about it in our sales meeting today, and um, I think it was Todd that was brought it up, and he said, you know, we, we start our sales meeting with what are we grateful for, and he said – I'm grateful that through doing what I'm doing, being real estate, I'm making such amazing friends and he's getting married next year. And he said, there's so many of my vendors that are coming to my wedding. And I said, that's so amazing. That's so good because it's not about like, and we talk about it. We don't move houses, we move people. And, and, and I said to him, and I remember um, part of our mission statement when I worked with Darren years ago was in striving to perform our duties above all expectations. We great, we created great uh, friendships and prosperity for our family. And it's so true. Some of the best friends that I have today, I've met through real estate. You know, I haven't, they're not being friends that I grew up with at school. In fact, everybody that I grew up with at school, I hardly speak to, I barely see, but it's the people that I've met along the way that I've made such amazing uh, relationships or connections with that form what we have today and that's what I said to him you know that's just a plus of being a good agent is you get to meet these people and share their experiences for the rest of your lives now all right let's get into our second subject even though uh, Louise introduced our second subject a few minutes ago let's get into the emotion side (laughs) I didn't mean to I I didn't mean to go there but um... I'm gonna steal TLs before he can say it The problem is all four of us. I'm a betting man. I'm a betting man, and I wouldn't mind betting that TL and I might have the same word written down. All four of us have been to the same seminar, except one of us have been teaching it. Right. So I'll be surprised if it's very different for all four of us. I hate to say that, but you're betting all four of us have got the same. Let's start with let's start with Chris. Um, I'm gonna go back to very clinical what Anthony Robbins says about the six human needs. Um, and the drive for most of us is love, connection, or significance. And that's what's going to drive us to do anything in life. They're not emotions. They are absolutely yeah. emotions. Love's an emotion. Significance is an emotion. They what are you talking about? Emotion. They are most 100 Stop picking on me or I'll get emotional, Cameron. You're getting ah. emotional. You know what's making you emotional, mate? Your anxiety, because that's the My main love driver. For you. My love oh. for you, anxiety. Anxiety is the main driver of human behavior. Anxiety, even though it's an secondary emotion, is the emotion that drives us to do almost absolutely everything that we do in life. Totally disagree. Sorry, Ken. Ooh, now we're starting, guys. It's been so boring up until now. Now we're starting. Let's well, I'm still trying to wrap my head around how it was bad I, advice. I can see what Cam's saying because I'm at the point now where. I've made him anxious. Yeah, no, no, no. You fucking last person to make me anxious. But yeah, I can see. You're anxious to get love. You're anxious that you're out of love. You're anxious that you're not significant. You're anxious that you're too significant. You're anxious that your certainties, your certainties, not there when you're starting things up. And those six human needs, I suppose, from the back end, are driven by. Maybe one thing. Anxiety is just an armor cam for all the other things that you're that that are under the surface, really. Um, do you know? I don't know if anybody and any of you guys have read Brene Brown's latest book, uh, Atlas of the Heart. So, do you know? Interestingly, she's actually identified eighty-seven different emotions. But do you know the most surprising thing of it is most humans can only name three, and you know what they are? Happy, sad, mad. 
anxiety. And no, no, no. And I'm talking about I'm talking about tens of thousands of participants and actual psychologists and therapists and everybody else in that same field. They can name three: happy, sad, and mad. Because most of the time, what happens is if you're somebody who goes mad, what you actually react or respond in a different way. You don't have the language to name your emotions because we go happy, mad, sad, and that's all we know. Right. But so if, what's your one word? Because I asked for one. What's one emotion that drives human behavior? You didn't ask the, for one. The we question thought, is, what is the main emotion that drives human behavior? That's the question for the topic. What is it? But you didn't ask for one. I was just giving you my response to Chris's what, what Chris said. So you what's your one? Well, if you shut up, I'll tell you. Oh, just, okay, connection. waiting. Connection. connection. Connection? Yeah. Why connection? Because everything we do as human beings is we want to connect. And when we connect, we feel like we belong. When we feel like we belong, we have a purpose. And when we feel like we have a purpose, we have a reason for living. And when we have a reason for living, we enjoy a good life. And if we don't connect, we're anxious, aren't we? Well, it depends so who you're talking to because I'm not. If I don't connect with somebody, that's because they're not on my wavelength. And you Thomas should is just moved more than he's ever moved. How can, you, how can you jump from connection to purpose? How I, if you when you connect you have a purpose are you serious no 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 no. people don't have to have connection to have a purpose no they don't have to have connection but you but just I, said it you just said it no 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 but what i what i'm saying is what going back to cam's question what is the one thing that drives people i think connection because and when i explain it like the way i just did when people feel like they connect, they feel like they belong. When they feel like they belong, they feel like they have a purpose. And when they feel like they have a purpose, they have a, a, a reason to belong. Yeah, or, or to yeah but I, I, I don't know. You're confusing the crap out of me today, Louis. Uh, can I just can I just ask our audience, because we have a lot of people who are, are hidden and a lot of people coming back. All right, please help us with some of what you think. We've got Scott McTeer here. He says the biggest emotion is belief. All right, so let's have a look. Uh, Anybody else got anything at all? I, I know Marietta is on, so Marietta will be coming out with a mapu. Mine is very similar, uh, is exactly the same as uh, as Chris. I think that the biggest be, uh, emotion is love. Mm. We we do anything for love. And when we don't have enough love, we don't feel we're good enough. And when we, when we, when we don't have enough love, then we become anxious. So to me, the emotion that, that is the biggest one, when we love, everything's perfect. When we love, we don't need anything. When we love, we actually don't even think about whether we have food on the plate tonight. We, we, we can go by without food because when we love, everything is honky-dory. Perfect. It's, but when to it, it's the biggest emotion. So when, when I do something, even on here, it, you know, like people who want likes, I think, it's love that they want. They, they're writing something and they're hoping that someone's going to have love. Uh, feel love uh, then then through that they feel love this is why it's a funny thing but love is one of those simple emotions that you actually don't have to 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 receive if you do love you if you, you get to feel love you don't have to receive love this is the amazing thing so love is that kind of emotion where you can give it and it never runs dry so it might be the best emotion to run off, but do you think that's actually the main driver of human behavior? I read the question as what emotion is the main driver of human behavior? I, I don't I think, think most people act out of love. Oh. No, and, and, and I, 
my point is too, in, in order to feel I'm not, love, I'm not disagreeing. Love is a beautiful emotion. And if we all ran off love, we wouldn't have had to sit here and talk about a war to so start the people, people who want to be successful, do you think they're doing it for success? No. They don't get good chemists. You take a guy and you put him on a planet, on a different planet, and make success by himself on an island. Really? He's, he's going to just. You put a guy on an island. You think that anxiety is gonna drive the guy? It's like, uh, well, you know, pretty I, I fucking anxious if he's stuck on I, an island. I don't know it. what I'm going to do by myself today. No, so people do success because success means that they mean something in the eye of others. Success, if it wasn't rated, people wouldn't do it because they yearn for that love. And we get it from the moment we born. The moment we born, it's about love. We most of the crap that really happens in our life, it's mainly because we've been we've been in instances where love has been removed. The yeah. first time that they take us away from mom, we yeah we cry because that's we 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 want to go there. The first time that mom tells us you're not good enough, mate, it's. You're, you're now feeling like that love, that's what you want. You stop crying when she takes you back. It wasn't your biggest love. hidden player. Wasn't the most common hidden player anxiety when we did hidden plays? No, that's a hidden play, but it has nothing to do with the emotion that drives us. But I think, I think what, is, what you're saying, Thomas, though, with love, underlying love is connection. Is love not just connection? Uh, love is a connection secondary to love because when you can't okay. find it, that's what you go for. No, but see, it depends on your interpretation of love. Sometimes people feel as though if they're connected to somebody, they, they interpret that as love, but that's not necessarily real love or true love. I love love. Sam, <laughs> coming back to your word anxiety, do you think that is a, a byproduct of people not getting what they want? Yeah, so the issue I have with, I had, to, I had to go into definitions of emotions I, I tried to look and anxiety was listed by some as a secondary emotion which plays into what you guys are saying but that's what i'm asking I'm now still looking at what the world around us and what's driving most people mr putin is anxious that nato is surrounding him right he's anxious that someone else yeah is but, but that, is that anxious uh, so where's is the love feeling where's, fearful though is that anxious leading to a fearful emotion? Where's, where's the love from all our politicians who make every decision based off anxiety that they're not going to get the votes? I'm talking about the main drivers of the world we have. If everyone was running for love... Let's look at Black Lives Matter then. Let's look at Black Lives Matter. Why are so many people now on that bandwagon, if you like? It's because they feel like they've had something they wanted to say for so long and now they have somebody, people around them that are actually saying it. And it's about connecting to a purpose that's bigger than them. You know, when you look at it on that scale, you gotta you gotta start to think, you know, are people looking for love or are they looking to connection? They want to feel people, like they're People want love. And listen, we, we're going around a lot of things, right? I'm, I'm not professing that we are right, but this is this is starting to get really interesting. Yeah. Putin is doing what he's doing right now. Don't assume that he's doing it for any reason that you know, Ken, because I think that your reason is far stretched and I don't even know his reason. For all I know, he might want to say, hey, is listen, it mean, you know, is it the I actions want, of the man acting in I love? want history to remember me. I want his so that's out of love. It's not anxious. He love like, of his country. He's got zero, he's got zero anxiety about NATO invading mm. him, right? He's got zero. Putin in we spoke about it last week. He's a bloody good chess player, does know already. 
NATO is not going to attack Russia. Are you serious? I'm getting very only... anxious about you being so wrong. It's making me very anxious. <laughs> yeah. And, well, but the other bit too now about what you say here, and, and this is now connection. Connection is a lower form of love. It's it, it, when when people don't truly believe that they are worthy of love, they go for connection. This is what I believe. And and when you read some of the books, this is when you see a lot of people get married, not because they totally love the other person. They they get married because they connect with a person. The other person understands them more than anybody else around them. Mm. And, and, and what happened is that instead of really going for love, they settle because of their upbringing, because of things that really happen to them at school, in society, they don't believe that they are worthy of love. Therefore, they're going for connection. So for me, connection is after love. I think that love is the number one thing. We do everything for love. You look at the, the number of books about love, the number of movies that is about love, the number of movies where love is even intertwined, even if it's a thriller. And everything is about love. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. But if you look at that analogy, like you just said, with connection, Thomas, if if connection was what they settled for, is that not what brought them together? No, they settled yeah. for it after they couldn't find love. No, no, no. Some people their behavior was driven. Their behavior was driven to find love, and they settled for connection. I just want to say, Chris, I love you. <laughs> I do, mate. But you know, the thing is, Thomas, thing I is, love you. A lot and of people Louise, don't realize that. <laughs> Well, a lot Mate, of people don't realise that they... Baby, you're just wrong. Yeah, all about the love. Uh, the I have to say, I have to say, I got off the podcast last week, and Steve-O, I said he's been watching outside, and he's watch, he watches under my profile, so it looks he's like another I'm closet watch. watcher. Geez, we got some people <laughs> in the closet, closet on this watcher, podcast. But closet watcher under you can me. come out; it's okay. We've changed the society. <laughs> You'll be fine. All right. They'll have a parade for you. It again. It's about love. What is it? No, no, no. It's but about love. Yeah, it's got me to about. We're loving you this I week. I yeah? the podcast last week and he said to me, God, I love those blokes and I especially yeah. love Cam. And I went, what? Because <laughs> I'm saying all the things he wishes he could say to you, Lou. So. No, he, no, you're not. He, don't worry. He doesn't hold back, but he gets his own as well. I love you, Steve, if you're watching from your closet. <laughs> You can get out of that closet behind Lou, Steve. <laughs> Pretty sure there's, a, there's yeah. a parade this weekend for all of you. <laughs> weather permitting. Oh. <laughs> yeah. still drive it. I think it's surprising the amount of people who settle for connection but don't realise it's, it's um, thinking it's love. Yeah. And, and they actually don't realise that it's not love they've got. They've settled for connection. And I think that also leads to a lot of people that connection being severed or, or changed throughout them growing on separate paths where that bond is not strong enough, hasn't grown to that level where it is a really strong bond of love. Um, it's probably well, a, a lot of people are setting for that connection. Mm. I don't, yeah, I just don't. Louis, Louise, who's been uh, watching us on the, the other iPad, <laughs> saying, go easy, son. Well, Louise easy. doesn't really use those three words, son. So... Whatever he's saying, you're giving yourself away. <laughs> God love him. He doesn't have Facebook. So if you want to watch, you have to log in as me and you can watch. So he's obviously watching. No, but listen, guys, you have a look. Everything in life we do is about love. Yeah. We, we, we want to be successful, why? Because we be loved. We want to be famous, why? Because we be loved. We do all that stuff. 
And yes, anxiety is a byproduct because what if we're not good enough to get there? Now we're anxious, we do anxiety. What if whatever we're doing is not enough to, to, to give us the love? Then we do that. And then after a little while, we, what we do is we go, do you know what? I can't just go about that love because it's impossible for me to get, so I'm gonna go for connection. And then I get married to someone because the connection is good. And then after a few years, I get stronger and I hang around people who are strong and I go, Actually, I don't like this connection shit anymore because that person's only giving me connection. I want more. And then that's when we get divorced. We leave the person because now we're looking for the bigger source, a bigger source of love. Yeah. Love is the driver. Yeah. I love you. We also, we've, we've just come through two years of being separated from each other, just a society, right? And it's, it, it was shit. People were reaching out to each other through Zoom and whatever it was. They were trying to connect because that. Because they were getting anxious. Yeah. Your friends don't use you can't use the word connection every time you say connect, Chris. You're making Lou right. Can we not do that, please? <laughs> love for your friends, right. that yeah. love for your neighbors, the love for your family, uh, the love, love of connection. I mean, uh, why do they in prison? Why in prison is the worst punishment solitary confinement? Yeah, exactly. I still get lots of love. I've written lots of letters. <laughs> Oh, that's all I want. But look, I think exactly what you're saying there, Chris, though, a form of punishment is to remove you from contact and remove you from connection and remove you from uh, any ability to connect with anything, really, at the end of the day. And, and then you and, have no love in your life. But, Cam, shut the hell up. No, I'm just trying to work out. I know you're on connection. I'm anxiety. I'm still, Chris keeps jumping from you, Lou, to Thomas. So I'm old fence boy. Colour bond, I'm going to call him. Why? Because he's on the fence. I think Lou's going to connect you with a right hook in a minute uh, if you're not careful. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you and I got a difference of opinion, but you're sitting right in the middle, mate, as always. So no, one minute you're up, Tom. Mate, I said it from the, the beginning. The next minute you're at Lou's. Is it love? Are you just, getting anxious that you're wrong now, Ken? No, you just said <laughs> from the beginning. No, one wow. thing is one thing we're clear wow. on is no one agrees with me, but you keep going, oh, Lou, connection, connection, connection. And then you go, no, oh, Thomas, love, 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 love. Oh, so. well, I, I think in a nutshell, we can all agree you, that love you, and now, you now see the anxiety in Ken because he really stuffed it up this week. He hasn't been thinking about this second time. I have, mate. And he is now getting wrong. You can now see the anxiety coming up. Lou, last week you had a bit of a comeback at, at him. You, I know that Ken gave you a beating about two weeks ago. You had a very good comeback last week. The only thing I didn't like is that you drew the female card that I thought you didn't have to. Uh, this, week, this week is your opportunity to annihilate Ken because he's so wrong. And he's trying to dig a bigger hole to defend his anxiety thing. No, so no, this is the opportunity to just kick the crap of his anxiety, Lou. Oh, well, I'm just saying. If you can do it this week without setting the female gender back 100 years like you did last week when you... you I don't even know what you're talking card. about when I bring the female card in. Like, how often do we sit here and you three blokes talk about blokes and men and all the rest of the shit that blokes do? I, I We sit, never, ever say that you're picking uh, on us because we're men. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. I simply bring in the female side of things because I'm the only female on here and I'm not a bloke, so I can't get on here and talk from a bloke's you perspective. You hear what she said? So if you only want female female here. Shut up, you two. Yeah, Chris, you're only half female, so you you just you don't count. But no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Thomas but has I, wound it up again. What you actually said was I picked on you because you were female, <laughs> right? That's no, what I, you said. And then no, you called me a bully seven or eight times. That's what you said, 
right? Yeah. So it's not about, and I said, you're not special. I pick on everybody. Word for word, play back the music. Okay, play it back. if you want to know what I said, if you want to know what I said, I said, I'm not going to sit on here on this podcast every week and let Cameron fucking Wilson talk over me every single week because I'm not a doormat. I'm a woman. I'm not a doormat. That's exactly what I said, word for freaking word. So whether you take that or not, I don't really care, to be honest. I don't give a shit. But what I'm saying right now is I'm not playing any female card. I'm not saying that women are better than men. I think we're Thomas all thinks he played the female card. Well, whatever. The popcorn. Are you wrapping me up? Popcorn. Actually, you know what, Lou? You know what's funny? And I wish I'd fucking done it. I've sworn three times now, by the way, Thomas, I'm keeping count. Um, yeah. I was going to Google some wrap-up music from the Oscars, and whenever you started going on, I was going to play it, but I've, I've I you forgot. You just, re- you just reminded me. You just reminded me. Do you know why you want to wrap me up? Because I'm talking real shit and you can't handle it. That's why you want to wrap me up. You all want to wrap me up because I'm talking real shit and the problem with bloke, and I'm not playing the female card, but what I'm saying is blokes can't do emotion very well. Blokes oh, no. no, no it's you, true. You're gonna, it's you're going to have a lot of it. Scott McKee just said that this is a love triangle, but I, I disagree. I think there's no more love triangle here. We, no, no, no. we got a but, big problem coming let me explain let me explain do an emotion really, well, <laughs> really well. scott scott i know you're very involved this this week but i'm going to say to you that our louis putin has just now declared war on the three we are now being attacked <laughs> no, look. Please send Louise weapons. She's gonna need them. I don't need no weapons. I got all weapons already. But what, no, but what I'm saying is, no, what I'm saying is, guys, on a serious note, I don't mean that guys can't do emotion. What I'm saying is, guys don't really like emotion. How many guys think it's 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 a sign of weakness if they show emotion, like if they cry or if they no? Cam, you disagree? Oh, that's not true. Chris does cry my eyes out, mate. I cry more than any bloke I know. But do you cry in public? Yeah. You cry, cried on stage. I've cried in front of okay. Thomas. Chris has seen me cry. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't yeah, make grand statements. Chris has seen each other cry. What are you talking about? We've all the, cried. The problem is you can't say men can't do emotions and then backtrack and go, I didn't mean men can't do emotions. I mean, if no, you mean men I, don't I, like doing emotions, I, say I, men I, don't like I, doing emotions. I myself a little bit better so you don't take it the wrong way. I didn't take it the wrong way. I took it as it was said. I to explain myself in a better way. Men aren't as good as women at... <laughs> There's our cut. Cut it there. Now we can take that snippet. Okay. This is, this is I, what they I, do to Joe Rogan. I disagree with you. I think that men can do emotion as well as women. But men is maybe not feeling comfortable displaying what he's doing exactly exactly what i'm trying to say listen whether you crying in front of everyone in order to get your agenda across or you crying all right on your pillow that doesn't matter you might just do it the same way but you don't want to show so you can't say we can't do it i i I think that this is a second time that you're using the gender card oh i'm gonna tell you (laughs) (laughs) i disagree with you yeah, that's all right. Listen, on this podcast, you can just swear at me. There's no problem. It's a podcast, right? It's after what happens in the podcast. Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, you, you, can't, you can't say that. I, I, I have seen Chris cry. 
You yeah. have seen me do that uh, at the end of our, our seminars, where yeah. the energy and where the emotion have been blocking, blocking, and keeping has been so much, not, not of those three days, but of the year, just again, yeah. un, unleash. It's like the war, what is it, war again, but damn. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But the, <laughs> so the only thing is that we don't feel comfortable. Yeah. And I think. Showing it, displaying it. That's exactly that's right. But you can't say we can't do it as well as you. Sometimes well, I feel like blokes can do it better than women. Yeah, and you're 100% right, Thomas. And I have a bad, 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 bad way of explaining myself sometimes, and I totally own it. I'm We've showing noticed. You. I'm Thanks, guys. I'm taking accountability. I own it. But you know what? Sometimes I'm thinking so fast that I just say what I'm thinking. Not the news, everybody. Sometimes Louise has trouble explaining herself. That's breaking, breaking news. Give it to him. Uh, yeah. Breaking news. You hear that it comes over the radio. Lou has trouble making her point coherently. Oh, I don't have trouble making my point. I think I have trouble with you, <laughs> you. Mostly you, Cameron, understanding my point. <laughs> we, we can't do anything. I, I, said at the I said at the start of the podcast, not everyone can be a rocket scientist. And sometimes, Lou... You have to be a rocket scientist. It doesn't even make sense. It does. Not to it me. makes more sense than the algorithms you've been throwing out today, I promise. I these algorithms because I didn't learn algorithms at school. <laughs> because if you had remembered my story, I didn't finish high school. So I didn't even learn algorithms. Here comes a popcorn. But reality <laughs> is I have a bad way of explaining myself and I totally own that. And I'm sorry for that for anybody who's listening and takes it all the wrong way. I think exactly what I was trying to say is exactly what Thomas said is, Men, they don't have trouble showing emotion. They have trouble um, expressing it or, or however. Feeling comfortable with showing it. Feeling comfortable with showing it because, you know, I have, I'm a mum of two boys, you know, and I see, okay, I know my 15-year-old's not watching, so I'm going to say it. I had a conversation with him the other day and he, he shed a few tears about a few things and I said, what's wrong? And he said, oh, when I talk about things like this, mum, I get sad. And I said, that's okay, mate. That where Everybody has times when they get sad, when they talk about something that means something. But he was in the kitchen with just me, but he was completely embarrassed and ashamed, almost ashamed of himself that he cried. And I was like, what the, what the F? Like, what the hell? Like, why does he need to feel that way? Why does he? Because if it was my... 15 year old daughter who's not 15 anymore she would have had no problems in throwing herself on the floor and having a tantrum because that was normal and acceptable but a 15 year old boy talking about something that meant something like made him feel so men control themselves I'm better really? is I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to say anything because I, I do want to ask that question but I know that Scott Mattia wanted to ask his question so I'm going to ask it for him do you think that sometimes the ladies actually use the display of the emotions that openly to get what they want more easily? Interesting question. Do Okay, so give it to me again. Do you cry on cue because you want to get something? And maybe exactly. that's why men don't exactly. do it so easy. That's the question. Scott Mattia just did. I, uh, I'm just I, reading I, between I, the lines. And do a girl <laughs> throw herself on the ground and ball her eyes out to get something where a guy doesn't have to do that? Okay, so now that we just heard all that crap, can someone just give me that question again? Just gave it to do you three times. Use, it's the same question. Do women use emotion as a tactic to get what they want? Oh, it's a loaded question. Um, no, it's not. Very straightforward. Yes, it's yes, no. It is. Yes, no. 
Okay, hang on. If you want a woman's a woman's answer, then be prepared to listen to a woman because you blokes all seem to know. Jesus Christ. It's a one uh, word. It. Yes or no? It's not a one word answer, Cam. How can that be such a loaded question with a one word answer? Like, get the hell out of town, seriously. One word. One word. Come on. Some women do. Some women don't. No, no. no. I think sorry. to some extent. I think to some extent. And I'm sorry, women. And here's where I'm showing the world that I'm not a feminist Nazi. Having trouble with one word. Well, lucky you're not the boss and I can say what I want. Um, here's the thing. I think, <laughs> I, I think all women do to some extent, some more than others. Because here's the thing. I don't even know if Scott Monteer even asked that question, to be honest, because I don't know that he would be... <laughs> And I think you're all laughing because what's it? No, I don't know. <laughs> no. Steve just, did Steve just call that out from the back? He didn't Probably. ask the question. <laughs> Probably. No. I think we all, to wrap Lou up, I think we all use emotion to get what we want on occasion. I've been known and, to throw and, a good tantrum. You know what, I 100% agree with you for the first time in my life. I 100% agree with you. You said the same thing last week. But I just had to wrap you up, Lou. See how I said it in three words and you took, you're still going five minutes later. We all use emotion, get what we want on occasion. Sometimes it's a tool as, but even in a leadership sense, sometimes you have to raise the volume in the room. Sometimes you have to lower the volume in the room. That's using emotion to get what you want. That's how comes Cam's one word answer just went for four minutes. My God. Like seriously, why couldn't I just? Why couldn't you just allow me to say that? Because we've been going since. Shut up, Cam, Shut up. We, Lou, <laughs> you haven't finished. So can you just tell me your answer? Is it true or is it not? Yes, most. I, I think women, to some extent, will all use emotion at some time to get what they want. Yeah. And so will men. And so will men. Exactly. So you're. Did men do that? Sorry? Yeah, I think they do, mate. And it's I not, it's not showing tears. And it's oh, not yeah, men's silent treatment. Silent treatment. Or staying in the pub longer or yeah. whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll drink. I'll I've got no issues oh. drinking 36 beers to make a point. All right. Can I give you an example? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I drink too much. I'll show you. Well, <laughs> can I give an example, please? Like to help explain my... Um, is it a short example or a long example? Give us the example, Lou. Give us the example. Depends who's asking. No, but okay. So I, I, I've been doing a, a study group with some girls reading the same book. And what we're it's saying a long one. is emotion. Yes. Buckle up, Cam. Get your popcorn. Sit down and shut up. So. I'm going to need another bottle. Okay. So here's the thing. I'll be as quick as I can for Cam's sake. But so it's a woman's birthday. She's always experienced fun and laughter and everybody making a fuss on her birthday. Her husband comes downstairs and realizes, okay, it's not even like he doesn't even realize it's her birthday. He makes no fuss, makes no noise, doesn't even say happy birthday. He walks out the door and goes to work. She goes to immediate. You wrapping me up, Chris Nola? No, no, I've got menopause. Sorry. What's well, your okay. anxiety raising? Your anxiety's up. She goes straight from, oh my God, it's my birthday, to how fucking dare you not remember it's my birthday? And so she goes into complete, this is important to me and now I feel unworthy and now I feel betrayed and now I feel blah, 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 blah. And so she then starts to feel all these emotions of being betrayed and being unworthy and whatever else. Yet reality is the poor guy 
didn't even know the expectations that she had on what she thought was supposed to happen. And so you're left in this situation where he he's not actually done nothing wrong, but her expectations of what she wanted him to do created her to go from one emotion to the other. And suddenly she went from, oh my God, it's my birthday to, oh my God, you're the biggest piece of shit I've ever met. But he didn't even know that he was doing anything wrong because it was just her expectations of it was her birthday and she wanted a fuss and he didn't even realize and didn't give her a fuss. And that's what I'm saying. Women will then go. And so that same woman, okay, so what will happen is he'll go to work, she'll stay home, she'll be angry all day and he'll be like, what the hell have I done? What have I done? What have I done? She's angry, pissed off. Don't talk to me. Don't answer my calls. Don't respond to my texts. He has no idea what's happened. And so she uses anger and feeling betrayed and unworthy as a way to get what she wants out of him, which is connection and acknowledgement of the fact that it's my birthday. And <laughs> sorry, Lou, sorry. <laughs> this has gone for too long. <laughs> so here, I'm going to... Be... It's not my fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> And here, and here, I'm going to give the other side of, of Louise, if she's listening, but if watching, he said, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. He said, he, he, Thirsty, knew, he, he knew it was her birthday, but he was really worried because he bought her new car and, uh, and it started to flood in the garage. So he ran out to try and save her brand new car. And what are we talking and, about? You know, At so, my house last March, are we? <laughs> I'm going to give the other story. Uh, it's actually my wife's birthday on Saturday. So now you've got me anxious. Good. Now I've got anxiety. Seriously, guys. No, 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 I'm no. going to buy her a car that's flooded in the garage and put flowers out. What's the story? No, Chris, you don't need to understand it. Anxiety won't lead to sex. Love will lead to sex. <laughs> I have no idea on what Saturday. the last 10 minutes of you my life was You mean lead to sex for. with someone else. Yeah, you can't get him under the desk or something. What are you oh, doing? mate, I just you've bored my me. legs to sleep. I can't. <laughs> oh, I'm no, sorry, I'm watching. No, the, the one thing we need to really understand <laughs> is we have, to, no, we have to have respect for every speaker on the, this podcast. I get it. So yes. if Louise uses 10 words when you blokes only use one it's your problem what about, your, what about when louise loses uses two thousand and we only use one it's still your it's still your problem it means that her ability to communicate is two thousand times better than yours, better than yours. <laughs> louise, i'm very i'm very sorry that he disturbed you i didn't, didn't have to finish. speak i just had yeah. to fall off the chair she hasn't finished so louise get your keep on going <laughs> please um what I was talking about. I definitely need that other bottle, wife. Let's go. Lou, Lou how, how long are your listing appointments? <laughs> you know what? You know what? Sometimes four hours, but I never walk out without one. Ah, there you go. However, oh. however long. And do you know what, though? In all honesty, and I'm being quite serious now. <laughs> Hold on, before you, before you get serious. I just want to say for our, our, our mate, John Black, do you get all out of uh, your listing presentation without a uh, finance referral? Sometimes I sometimes I do, yeah. But okay. um, That's it, John. Be happy. I said what you wanted me to say. <laughs> no. But look, honestly, I do. I, I, I won't, no, I'm going to be serious. And, and you bloody fence sitters can laugh all you want. But I went to a listing appointment today. And the guy said to me, holy shit, you talk a lot. And I went, 
Yeah, I do. And he went. He's, just, he's picking on women, Lou. Get him. Get him. No, 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 no. But he said to me, but I can tell that you've been doing it for a long, long time and you know your shit. And I said, yeah. I said, I'm sorry. And one of the lines that we talk about is, you know, sometimes I, I talk too quickly and I may have missed something. You may not have understood something. And a lot of the time I'm talking a lot because I don't want to not explain something. But I've never found a person yet that said, hey, I don't appreciate you asking too many questions or talking too much. You know, so if it takes me four hours to go into a listing appointment to, to, to win $30,000 worth of commission and make a great friend, I'm cool. The guy said, I'm 70, let's get this wrapped up. I don't have that long. Listen, I, I, just want, I just want to uh, round up what we've just done. I, I hope you guys notice it, but out, out of the, out of the uh, emotion of love, Cam stood up to show us that he's got something that's connected with Barara Village. He wanted to make sure we got it. It's okay, Cam, we got it. So you don't have to live in the anxiety for the rest of the night that it didn't happen. So, but do you, do you notice how Cam does a lot of these things in a transacting transactional form? It's uh, it's what almost- What have you turned like... on me for? I haven't taken up the microphone <laughs> for the last 30 minutes. Fucking right, hell, so, I've been sitting here quietly. I'd have a stretch, so, I had to go to a toilet, you, I'd have a drink break. This, but this is where I had to say, we, Lou, yeah, this kind of podcast that we're doing, it's not about blokes against women, okay? Because we know you're, you're worthy of three idiots. So you can take on the three idiots here, hands down, even if you're pissed, right? You are so full of shit. <laughs> now, the, the big thing that you have to really get it is this. We are so, so uh, much uh, inspired by, by, by your uh, viewpoint that we want to challenge it. That's all that we're doing. So that so that we can go home and understand our women. <laughs> Mostly so we can go home before midnight, which if we let you keep going, uh, we wouldn't. <laughs> well, look, you know, I appreciate what you said, Thomas. And, and to be honest, I, I, I hope I don't come across as a feminist because I, I, I truly believe in equality. Oh, nobody, nobody believes it. You look like one of those dogs on the dashboard. <laughs> Of a car yeah. in Bali. <laughs> no, seriously. Listen, and I have no problem. I, 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 think, I think that if you didn't defend the female point of view, I would be very disappointed. And if yeah. you came here and you only spoke the, the bloke point of view and, and allow Chris to be the only female on the podcast, I'd be very disappointed. So all of these things that should happen. But I also, where I believe we need to really uh, be transparent is it's okay to defend the female point of view and there's no excuse to that, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I have no problem if you did that. Never apologize about it. I think that women are men's equal and if the, they have uh, the audacity to express their emotions, why not? And if they think that they do better than men, why not? So yeah. that's the only thing. Don't think that we we are putting you down, all right? So that's Is your wife a... standing off camera, Thomas, threatening you? Or... She's right next to you. You're a 50-year-old man, Thomas. You shouldn't be doing backflips. You need to stop, son. No, I know. But now I know. I, I can go to Barara. I get it. Hey. No, but I know I do talk too much, and, and maybe that, that's a thing. But I've always... No, but, but at least you say... At least yeah. you say where where Cameron used subliminal selling and he doesn't understand it. 
I see selling before he even does it. He doesn't get it. He shouldn't do it because it looks stupid when someone catches you doing it. Again, you've turned you on me. Not use this podcast <laughs> to do any subliminal selling what are you talking or any about? selling. Because when I see that, then I know you are inferior to what I think you should be. I fell off my chair because I fell asleep and then I had to get <laughs> back up and you saw my shirt. What was I selling? Hey, so so in terms, of, in terms of emotion, let's go back now. Have we changed every, anyone's point of view? Cam, are you still believing that the biggest emotion is anxiety? Oh, I think that's what drives most of human behavior, yes. Okay, what about you, Lou? Totally, definitely not anxiety. I think for me, love and connection is almost one in the same, but there's a there's a balance that, that shifts and either or. But here's a question. If you could have love or connection, which one would you go for? Love. Okay, so thank you very much for coming outside. Chris, the, the, you're, you're the love God, so I, I don't have to change your viewpoint. I think that's... <laughs> there be love. Food, wine, and love. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have to say, over the years, we've known each other for quite a while here now, and, and I've been watching you, man. I, I think you ooze love. I, yeah, I, you have. I personally believe you have so much love about yourself. You need to do your fly up, mate. Stop that happening. <laughs> it's not Man. what you said last night, Ken. No, but you know what, Chris? You know what I was thinking about the other day. We haven't been able to have our leadership seminars because of COVID. But you know one thing, and 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 this is this is exactly. Um, and Cam, shut up before you even say anything because I know you're going to cut me off. But this is one example of uh, love connection, whatever we want to call it. You know how much, and I'm pretty sure it's us four and a few others, we're also passionate about deep sea fishing. And every year for the last few years, we've tried to organise a deep sea fishing trip and we haven't been able to do it because of COVID and whatever else. But, you know, to me, it just shows your passion and, and 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 love for everybody and, and the shared purpose that we all have or, or you know, um, hobby or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, you've tried hard and, and you are, you're epitome of, of a lovely human being. So I thank you, Lou. And I loved it that much that I banded together with Crystal Wilson to make someone believe that they weren't coming on the fishing trip when they were actually going to come on the fishing trip. And we didn't tell him he was going to come on the fishing trip. And he used it in a fight and a backfired in his face. But yes. that was really cool. I remember, I remember being part of that stuff where I stirred him up and he went home and he just went off and I just... So yeah, maybe this is where we found out that the biggest driver of Cam's behavior is anxiety. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> He's got a Tibetan, Tibetan bowl. He's got a Tibetan bowl. A Tibetan bowl. Really <laughs> good. Breathe out the fuckers. <laughs> That's usually what he does before he vomits. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, listen, guys. As usual, our discussion, we have a banter. We have a bit of a laugh. We, we have a go at each other. But it's always out of love. Yeah, and I think that you know sometimes out of the ninety minutes, some some sometimes we're full of whatever it is, and sometimes it's just a little thing that can actually shift 
someone yeah. from thinking what they've been thinking to a new way of thinking. And mm -hmm. I thank you very much for your input. Talk soon. See you guys. Have Thanks, a good guys. Day. Bye.